Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, and they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed by their own country. They departed to their own country by another way. Morning, church! Morning! Oh, man. It's good to be with you today. You know, I, um, I thought maybe today I'd talk to you about Jesus. Sound good? Great. Now, we obviously come at Jesus from a perspective of faith and even having a, a relationship with him. Not everybody has that. But from a historical standpoint, I mean, Jesus is a fascinating guy. You know, no historians seriously dispute whether or not he was real. Uh, he's, he's definitely a real historical figure. And his impact on the world and on the course of history is uh, it's impossible to deny. But there are, of course, all sorts of questions that scholars would raise about Jesus. Specifically, uh, what, 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 which of these stories are actually true? Right? Do we really think he walked on water? Do we really think he miraculously healed people? Did he actually rise from the dead? And, you know, the, the answers you have to those questions really depend on one bigger question that sits underneath it all. Who is Jesus? And that's a it's a complicated question, or it's a simple question with a complicated answer, maybe I'll say. And that's really true for anybody, you know? Like, if I asked, who are you? Is there a simple answer to that? You're a son or a daughter? Possibly you're a brother or a sister? Um, you might be a spouse? You might be a parent or a grandparent, maybe even a great-grandparent. 
Is that who you are? It's part of it. Maybe you're an employee. Maybe you're a boss. Maybe you're retired. You probably have other interests too, right? Um, Maybe you're a football fan. Maybe you're an antiques collector. Maybe you knit. Maybe you do photography. Is that who you are? It's part of it. You have political views. You have philosophies about the world. You have a personality. And you aren't the same on your best day as you are on your worst day. You aren't simple. And different people have different sides of you. None of them get the whole picture. You are complicated. How much more so is that true for the Son of God? For 2,000 years, people have been talking about him. They've been studying him. They've been quoting him. And in general, and I, you, know, you, can't apply any, you can't apply this to everybody, but in general, most people consider Jesus to be a very positive figure. They may disagree with the Christian faith. They may not believe in the supernatural. But broadly speaking, people tend to hold Jesus himself in high esteem. But what often happens is that people will slice off one aspect of Jesus and claim that that's the real Jesus. So, for example, some people will claim that Jesus is a moral teacher. Well, he is, right? And he's the best that ever was or ever will be. Very important in how he taught morality. But is that who Jesus is? Some people will claim that Jesus was an important rabbi. Really important to study the teachings of Jesus if you want to understand the Hebrew scriptures. Is that true? Yeah, for sure it's true. He is the best biblical scholar that ever was. Kind of cheated because he wrote it, but still, you know? But is that who Jesus is? Some folks want to hold Jesus up as an advocate for the poor. Others will hold him up as a feminist revolutionary. Democratic Christians tend to think that Jesus would vote Democratic, and Republican Christians tend to think he would vote Republican. Conservatives see him as a conservative, and progressives see him as very progressive. And that can't all be true. People might have reasons for thinking those things, but they can't all be true. The tendency is for just about everyone to make Jesus fit their worldview. Surely he must care about what I care about. This is a very important issue. And there's no way that he would ever be so foolish or or heartless as to take the opposing perspective from me. But, but, But Jesus actually is a real person, you know? And you can't just make him into whatever you want him to be. And if you try to force him into your expectation of who he is supposed to be, you probably won't really get to know him well. 
How do you know who the real Jesus is? Probably you should let God reveal that to you. You know, God revealed to Mary that Jesus would be the Son of God. She kind of had some firsthand knowledge that that was true. The shepherds, they knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Angels told them so. Well, who did the Magi believe Jesus was? According to their own words, they knew that he was the king of the Jews. And, you know, when they go to the palace looking for the king of the Jews, the king of the Jews is pretty upset about that, right? I didn't, I didn't just have a newborn. What are you talking about? So Herod was disturbed and all of, all of Judea with him. But, you know, when you, when, if, if you just stop there and say, well, imagine I thought he was king of the Jews, that doesn't feel like a very satisfying answer because it raises other questions. Are the Magi Jewish? Probably not. Do they visit every newborn king of every country? Probably not. Why should they care that a king is born to a nation that is both not their own and also not terribly powerful or, or, or important on the world stage? Is, you know, Judea wasn't in charge. Rome was in charge. But the Magi made this trip because they knew he was more than just a king like all the other kings. He was a king above all kings. Why else would the heavens themselves announce his birth? Why else would a star lead them to the place where he could be found? He was king of the Jews, but he wasn't just king of the Jews. He was the king of heaven and earth. And just like the shepherds, they wouldn't have known the truth about Jesus if God hadn't revealed it to them. So when they brought him gifts, before church we were talking about if we could sub in other gifts from our little nativity scene because I think one or two of the little packages are still at the bottom of the box back here. And uh, a joke that they should get him a Starbucks and an Amazon gift card, right? <laughs> what do you get the guy you don't know what to get? The thing is, um, they bring him costly gifts, but they're not random and they're not impersonal. They have meaning. And I don't know if if they chose these gifts of their own volition or if God sort of led them to the gifts the same way that he led them to the place where Jesus would be. But I tend to think probably more of that. So, you know, the first gift they bring him is gold, and that's a pretty, uh, pretty straightforward gift if you're going to go visit a king, right? If you pay tribute to a king, oftentimes gold's a part of that. But the other ones, I don't know if they understood what they were giving or if it would be revealed later as to the why. But so along with the, gir- the, the gold, they uh, also brought him incense, frankincense. And 
For the Jewish people, incense was often associated with the temple worship, and in particular with prayers. The priest would light a special blend of incense when he would go and offer up his intercessions for the nations. And as the smoke of the incense drifted up to heaven, they could sort of visualize their prayers ascending to God as well. The high priest lit his incense when he was going to go stand in between the people and God and pray on behalf of the people to God. So did Jesus come to be king? Yes. And to rule over them? Yes. But more than that, he also came to stand in between God and them and to intercede for them and to plead for their forgiveness and to seek their blessing. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was used in in an oil that consecrated the things to be used in the temple, like the furnishings and so forth, but also uh, the priests themselves. Whatever was rubbed with the, with the mixture of uh, myrrh was dedicated to God and holy. It makes sense, you know, if Jesus is a priest, to get a, a priestly gift like that, something that marks you as dedicated for God. But if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, and in particular the Passion, you'll know that myrrh had another use. And Joseph of Arimathea, to help take care of Jesus, sent a a mixture of aloe and, just take a guess, myrrh, to prepare his body for the grave. And I don't don't know if the Magi understood this at the time, because again, it's just one of those, it was a nice, regional costly gift, and maybe that's all it was for them, but for us, looking back at it, we can see that this had a deep, significant meaning. This child who is going to be high priest and king was destined to die. You can, you can picture that we have a king who's the high priest, and he goes to offer a sin sacrifice, a sin offering for the people, and what does he offer up? himself. Jesus was going to sanctify us all, Jews and Gentiles, near and far, rich and poor. This is who God is revealing himself to be. This is who, this is who God is revealing Jesus to be. More than a teacher, more than a philosopher, more than a miracle worker, this is who Jesus is, the king of the universe, who lays down his life to save his people. Of course, you'll not really know that about Jesus unless God reveals him to you. A few minutes ago, I talked to the kids about this, and I think sometimes that's all the sermons some people get. And I think other people maybe tune out during that time, so I want to reiterate, okay? Angels revealed the Christ to Mary and Joseph and to the shepherds. The star led the magi to the Christ Who's leading people today? Are we waiting on another star? Are we waiting on another angelic visitation? You are the star. You are the angel. 
You get to show the world who Jesus is. People won't know unless God reveals it to them. And he's using you to do that. You get the joy and the honor of being the person to lead people to where Jesus can be found. And you get to be there as we draw together and worship him. You know, the Magi made a journey of probably several weeks at least. They brought their best, and all for the honor of coming to worship. And we get to do it every week. And most of us don't drive more than a half an hour to do it. I think, we, uh, I think we've got room for a few more. So let's, let's be that star this week. Let's be those angels that invite people to where the Christ can be found so God can reveal to them who Jesus is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have shown to us the Christ, that you have revealed him to us as more than a teacher, more than a a role model. He is your son and our brother and our savior. He died and rose for us so that we could be your children. Lord, um, I think today we all give you thanks for the people in our lives that led us to that. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will also lead us and use us to be stars, leading other people to where Christ can be found. Uh, Some of us are anxious and nervous about that. Uh, Some of us don't feel very comfortable making those sorts of invitations. And Lord, I pray that you'll just break through our discomfort. You'll give us the courage and boldness. And yes, the joy that comes from pointing people to where Christ can be found. All these things we pray in your powerful name. Amen.